Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. I'm Brandon Ward. And I'm Ron Jorlock. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Matters. Today we're going to be talking about pastors and burnout. This is a topic, brother, that is near and dear to both of our hearts and is also a topic that is really one of the reasons why the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership exists on the campus of Southeastern Seminary. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and pastoral burnout is something I hear pastors talk about quite often, whether it's saying they feel burnt out or that they're just trying to avoid it. So in case we have some listeners who aren't sure what we mean when we say the phrase pastoral burnout, could you give a brief description of what it is? It's not a word or pairing of words that we see in Scripture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think when you uh, when you talk burnout, at least for me, I, I like to think of the movie The Truman Show. Uh, it's a old movie. I, I don't like to say old because then it makes me feel old uh, <laughs> because I remember exactly where I was when that movie came out. But uh, there's a scene at the end. You don't need to know what the movie's about, but there uh, there's a guy named Truman and he's in a uh, he's in a sound uh, sound stage uh, that that pretty much is the size of a small town. And he's trying to get out of that sound stage. And so he gets in a boat and he starts sailing in the water and he's sailing and he's sailing and he's sailing and and he's having a great time he's out there in the sunlight and so on and then he reaches a point where he hits a wall hmm. he hits the edge of the sound stage and you can see the mast of the uh, of the of the boat you know just wham you know just just hits right there and and so uh, he uh, he hits this wall and he can't go any further without getting of course out of the out of the sound stage ministry in a lot of ways can be like that where you're you're in the zone you're in the you're in the bubble you know if you will you're 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 working through you're serving the lord and then all of a sudden you just hit a wall you know, you just you just hit this uh, this peak where you you just can't quite get through uh, mentally, emotionally, uh, physically. Uh, you are you've just hit a wall and you're exhausted and it's really hard for you to to accomplish much of anything uh, without feeling like you're you're just you know hitting the wall over and over and over again. I I envision that when uh, when I talk about burnout. Hold on. I just want the record to show that this man has not seen the questions that I'm asking, and he just came up with that illustration on the spot. I, <laughs> I wish I had that that gift, that ability to do that. But but, but when I think of— It comes of, from hours and hours of watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one time where we can use TV as uh, a way of— uh, Growth. <laughs> yes, I, I am a child of the 80s and 90s, and so uh, I was raised by, by television. Uh, when I hear the word burnout, I think of something that is depleted. Mm. I picture a match, uh, a match that started with a flame, but that quickly dwindled until yeah. the point that all that it's left is an inflammable piece of wood. That's good. Uh, a piece of wood that, that really doesn't serve in the manner in which it was originally designed to serve. Hmm. Uh, but but unlike a match, uh, there's hope, right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, pastors who experience burnout can be reignited and serve the church and Christ stronger than they than they than they did before. And so I guess in a way it's almost like a, a lighter, you know, that that's low on fuel and then gets fuel back. But but when we talk about burnout, we don't want to talk about it in a way where it's it's the end, right? Um, there is hope that that you can get through it and get absolutely. past it. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, what causes burnout? Hmm. What what are some some weight some factors that can cause pastors to be burnt out? Well, uh, normally it would be a couple of things. Uh, it's 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 a pretty volatile uh, concoction here. Uh, one is uh, you're doing a lot, hmm. and and unfortunately that is pretty much the name of the game for ministry. Uh, If you're going to serve as a pastor, uh, there's a ton that you've got to think of. There's a ton that you've got to make decisions on, and or at least you have to know how to uh, uh, delegate those responsibilities to other people. But even that takes time, and that takes a lot of work and scheduling and organization and so on. So, So there's a lot that's on your plate. And normally, burnout occurs when you have a lot of responsibilities, a lot of tasks that you need to accomplish, and a little bit of rest. Uh, so, so when the, the, the task meter, if you will, is super high and the rest meter is super low, uh, that usually is the, uh, the seedbed for, uh, for burnout. So uh, you, you wind up uh, focusing so much on the tasks at hand uh, that you aren't taking care of your body. Uh, you you know you're you're spending long long hours in the office or maybe you even come home and you're spending long hours at home uh, uh, studying or or uh, planning or working or whatever it may be and and you're not giving your body the time to regroup and recharge and re-energize and 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 so forth that tends to be the breeding ground for uh, for ministry burnout. Hmm. Do you think pastors sometimes misdiagnose themselves with burnout? That instead of, of, of being burnt out, they're really just experiencing normal busyness? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Burnout, I would say, is an extreme sense of tiredness. Uh, uh, exhaustion is probably the better, the better word for it. It's, it's an extreme exhaustion. Uh, where you're you're just depleted, you're you're done. And uh, if you were if you were a a, a smartphone, uh, you would have the red battery. You know, uh, you know, and the little uh, notice that comes up and says, "Hey, you've got ten percent left here." Uh, you know, that's that is more burnout. Uh, this shouldn't be confused with just simply being tired. And, and that's that's a thing too and you do need to listen to that and you do need to rest you know when when appropriate uh, but burnout is kind of if you you take that that warning sign hey you're tired you know let's say you've used up you know 40 percent of your battery uh, and and okay well you know you're you're nearing the halfway point here uh, but you've ignored that. And you've ignored the next warning, and you've ignored the next warning, and you've ignored the next warning until now you've reached a point of critical mass, if you will, 
where uh, where where your body just simply uh, can't function, your mind, your your uh, you know your your soul just simply can't go on, you know, uh, without something changing. Yeah, I think it's an important distinction that you made in that, and that burnout is different than just being tired. Mm-hmm. There are different symptoms and, and things that you feel uh, that's different between the two. And I think mm-hmm. that's an important mm-hmm. distinction to make. Uh, is pastoral burnout a potential risk factor for something more severe, like depression? Mm. It can be. It can be for for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, uh, there could be some uh, medical uh, complications to uh, to burnout. Um, uh, you know, people have talked about. Uh, your serotonin levels and 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 so on, and if you uh, if you deplete that in your in your body, it could lead to a lot of other imbalances and and so on. Uh, you know that that's a real thing. I've known pastors who uh, who have had to have medication in order to kind of rebalance uh, you know the hormones and so on uh, there in their body. So that that is a that is a real thing. It also can be a, uh, if you will, a, a mental or a psychological thing where you feel like there is so much that you need to get done, and yet your body is just dragging. It's like you're you're driving and you're missing a tire, and you're 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 you know you're you're dragging your car you know down the road, and it's just so much harder, and and you feel like you're failing because the tasks that you have to get done still need to get done. Uh, and if you take a, a little time to rest, you're only uh, magnifying, you know, or, or um, uh, accumulating the tasks that need to be done. Because I got to get this done by this week or so, but I'm so tired, you know, and I don't know if I can, if I'm able to get it all done this week and so on. And and guess what? Next week I've got next week's tasks, and I really don't want to double up next week's tasks with this week's tasks and all that, and you may feel like you're just going further and further down the hole, you know, further and further in, in uh, uh, you know, under the burden, you know, and the weight of all the things that, that you need to get done, and it can bring about a depression where you feel like you're in a place that you just simply can't get out of. Uh, no matter how hard you try, there's always more to do. Uh, there's little time to do it, and you just simply can't take the time to to step away and take care of yourself. Now, I believe personally that that is more of uh, of an illusion, a perception than reality. Yeah. You can step back, and you can you know uh, take time to rest. You can take time to uh, uh, to tend to your your own body and your own soul, and 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 so on. I was going to say that might be best for you to Absolutely. do that because while you you. You know, sometimes you can buy into the lie, thinking mm-hmm. if I don't do this, then it's going to pile up and pile up. But the truth is, if you if you don't take that time, yeah. if you don't rest, are you really doing it to an extent that it's even worth doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So I don't know if if that sense that uh, that you can't stop now, you can't you know pull away now, you can't take time to rest now. I don't know if that's coming from the Lord. Uh, I, and I and I want to be careful there, but but I I th- I think you do need to ask the question: Is this the Lord that's that's kind of pushing me, you know, like a like a taskmaster, you know, to get things done? 
Um, or is this my own flesh and my unbelief, you know, that, uh, that, that things aren't going to be okay if I, if I follow? Is the Lord who commanded me to rest uh, the one, you know, the one right now demanding that I keep on pushing and keep on pushing and keep on pushing? I, I, I think that there's some things that we, need to, uh, that we need to consider in light of Scripture on this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you were a pastor for a number of years in Baltimore mm-hmm. uh, during some very difficult circumstances. Uh, did you ever experience burnout when you were pastoring? There were some times uh, there where where I definitely hit the wall. Ministry in the in the city is hard, just by nature. Uh, and we had on top of that uh, the 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 setup where our uh, our home where we lived was a a parsonage right next door to the church. What that meant was uh, everybody in the church knew where I where we lived. What that also meant was everyone in the neighborhood knew where we lived. Uh, so if anybody wanted to get to pastor, they knew. That it's about a 50-50 shot, you know, <laughs> either yeah. he's in the church or the parsonage. Exactly, exactly. Either he's over at the big building over here or he's next door at the little building, you know, over here. You know, either he's at the house, the parsonage or he's at the at the church building in his office. And, and and so what that what what that did for us was it, it really felt like there was never, ever a time where where I wasn't pastor. You know, I couldn't just come home and be husband and dad. You know, I come home and somebody could be knocking on the door, you know, uh, as at which would happen at any time of the night. You know, um, it could be two thirty, three o'clock at night and there's a church member knocking on my door. Uh, you know, those were the types of things that I had to deal with uh, as as a pastor in the city. And so, you know, that was par for the course. There's nothing unique about that. There are several, several pastors uh, that have the exact same experience. But one of the things that I recognized about myself is that I tend to be a guy that will, that will recognize what needs to be done and just do it. You know, just, just lower my head and, and, and just go right at it. Uh, what I learned there in Baltimore was that that isn't always the best choice of action. Yeah. Uh, that's not always the, the best thing for a pastor to do. Uh, I, ha- I do need to work very hard. I do need to make sure that I accomplish all that I need to accomplish. I do want to uh, shepherd the, the church well, but I'm not going to shepherd the church for long yeah. <laughs> if I don't take <laughs> care of myself. Uh, and so thankfully I have a, a, a wonderful, wonderful wife uh, who, who sees me and she knows me and, and, uh, and she knows when, when, when I'm grinding gears, you know, she knows when, when I'm, I'm just at my absolute end. And, and she was really kind. She would uh, go uh, and book a hotel in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which wow. for anybody who knows anything, Lancaster is not Baltimore. <laughs> and it, by any stretch of the imagination. And we would just have an overnight, uh, you know, which we would pack up and pack up Annie, pack up the kids. The kids would love it because the hotel had a, had a swimming pool. And that's everything that they wanted was just to be able to swim in the swimming pool for hours and hours and hours on end. But we would go over there. We would we would go overnight. It would just be an overnight thing. Uh, but it, that was just enough for me to 
to get some rest, to get some sleep, you know, turn my phone off, you know, for right now, for just one night, I'm off the grid. Complete disconnect. Exactly. And then once all of that was done, then, all right, let's get back in the truck. Let's drive back down to Baltimore. And it was amazing how much of a difference that made for me uh, as a pastor during those times. Hmm. In addition to you know that night night away or mm-hmm. maybe even setting some boundaries because you, you know you mentioned you're you're always accessible mm-hmm. and sometimes you might need to put boundaries in place yeah. so that your your church members know what are some ways that pastors can avoid burning themselves out hmm. well this this may seem unrealistic for some folks depending on the context that you're in but set yourself as best as you can a workable schedule uh, that you can that you can stick to. Uh, wake up at a certain time. Hmm. Go through your day. Get as much accomplished as you possibly can. And then when it's time to to leave the office, if you know it's time to uh, uh, to uh, to you know be done with all of your tasks, you're done. And go home. And be a good husband. You know, love your love your bride. Love your kids. You know, uh, uh, you know, these types of things are very helpful. Of course, as a pastor, your schedule, you know, sometimes, you know, just looks like <laughs> like somebody just threw a puzzle, you know, up in the air and just let the pieces fall wherever they wherever they land. Uh, you never know what's going to happen in a day. You never know what's going to happen in a week as a as a, as a pastor. There's but a certain level of adaptability that you absolutely, need. absolutely build in flexibility, build in adaptability, be able to adjust where you need to adjust. But as best as you can, uh, keep some type of routine. I know a pastor. Uh, who would get up uh, at, I think it was at 4.30 in the morning and get dressed and head to the office. And he would be, he would be in the office before sunrise. Hmm. Uh, and he would spend his hours there in the morning and so on. And the reason he did that was because he had children uh, that were in school and he wanted to be home by the time they were coming off the bus at wow. school. Uh, so that when they came home, dad was there. And at that time, he's dad. And, and those are things that you can do just to add a bit of, uh, add some more gears to your day. So you're not grinding first gear, if you will, but you're able to switch gears. Now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm switching. I'm still pastor, but, 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 but that's at a lower gear right now. The, the main gear I'm working with is dad yeah. and, and I'm, and I'm doing that. Another thing, uh, very honest is you have to prioritize your rest. You have to prioritize your rest. It doesn't necessarily mean sleep, although obviously it does include sleep. But it also means find something that will take your mind off of uh, the, the rigors of ministry. Uh, Spurgeon would talk about going and taking long walks, you know, and just observing nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think there's, there's uh, some good to that. You know, just take a walk. You know, just walk around enjoy the sounds of the birds if you're in the city enjoy the sounds of the honking you know cars and uh you know some have honking ducks so you've got honking uh you know uh, uh honking geese and things like that you've got honking cars you know but whatever it is just walk around and just enjoy uh time away from the office time where you don't have to think about these types of things 
you know, I, I love going over to the lake and and uh, and getting some you know some fishing out of the way. Mm-hmm. I don't do it nearly as much as I would like to, uh, but that was something I got from my dad. You know, uh, he he wasn't uh, working in ministry, but he had a very demanding job, and he would come home, he would change his clothes, he'd say, "All right, you know, go grab your fishing rod," and we'd uh, drive down to the uh, uh, to the uh, to the water, and and we'd just spend a couple hours fishing. And now that I'm an adult, I see exactly what my dad was doing. Uh, he was building in time for him to uh, to get his mind off of off of things and just have that that uh, regular recharge, you know, for uh, for him. That was it was amazing. Dad also was a guy who uh, is a guy still uh, who loves to work outside. Uh, he's always doing something. <laughs> he's he's working in the yard, working on the car, you know, doing something like that. Hey, get a hobby. I'm about to say work can be a can can be a break. Absolutely, absolutely. We've got folks here at Southeastern that have uh, taken up roasting coffee. You know, uh, uh, we've got some folks who have side businesses. You know, and uh, things like that. Some have taken up leather work. You know, and yeah. and, and all. Hey, you know, it, these are good good things to, that you can do where you're still productive, you're still uh, using your creativity and using your skills and so on, but it's another gear. And, and that's really, I think, the big thing. Find more gears that you can shift to uh, as, as, a, as a pastor. That's good. Uh, two things that I, I think I would add to that is, is number one, delegation. Mm-hmm. You know, know, know that, you're, that you do not have to do everything on your own, yes. you know, whether it's elders. I know some churches don't have elders, but maybe it's staff or you know, maybe it's volunteers. Find mm-hmm. ways to to get help, and know that you don't have to do it mm-hmm. on your own. Uh, another thing is is maybe cutting back, you know, on your on your your church's calendar. Maybe maybe it means cutting some events. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes less is more, uh, and maybe you should examine the church's calendar and see if there's some areas that you might can cut, even if it's just for for a season, uh, yeah. for the sake of your own health. Uh, which brings me to my next question, talking about events and, and, and um, stuff with the church. What can churches do to help pastors avoid burnout? Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a certain level of responsibility with the pastor, but there's also some, some expectations that kind of need to be uh, adjusted for the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, for starters, churches must realize that the church is not your pastor. Um, the, the, the church is not your pastor. Your pastor is, is one member of the local church. Okay. And his task, Ephesians four is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. If you want to help your pastor, uh, avoid burnout, join him in the work of ministry. Mm, yeah. uh, you know, you have gifts. The Holy Spirit has has equipped you. The Holy Spirit has gifted you in many, many wonderful ways. In fact, ways that you're that he hasn't gifted your pastor. Uh, there are some of you who may be wonderful uh, at at hospitality and your pastor may not be the best host, <laughs> you know, on earth. Uh Okay, well, you know, don't force the square peg into the circle hole. You know, uh, if you are the one that is uh, that is uniquely gifted that way, then you 
help out in that in that regard. And that frees up the, uh, your pastor then to focus on the things that he can focus on and he should focus on as the pastor. Okay, so the church has to join in on yeah. this uh, or else what happens is he's equipping and equipping and equipping and equipping and equipping, but the church isn't doing anything, then that is yet another exhausting uh, uh, area for the pastor in his ministry. Uh, Hebrews thirteen seventeen talks about this. Uh, it says that you are to submit to your uh, to the elders who rule over you uh, and so on. But it talks about the pastor. It says that they, that your pastors, your leaders, are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. And then it says, let them do this with joy and not with groaning. And here's the clincher of it all. Why should I do that? Why should I make sure that my pastor is happy? You know, why Why should I not uh, uh, want him to be a groaning pastor? Well, he says here, right at the end, for that would be of no advantage to you. Yeah. You are not served well when your pastor hates his job. <laughs> you are not served well when your pastor's worn out. You are not served well and loved well when your pastor uh, can't take another step. Yeah. And so what can you do as a member to come alongside your pastor and help him even alleviate some of the load as a church so that he can do his task with joy? Uh, that is such a very important thing. So, yeah, as a church, please understand that uh, if he is if he is struggling, and and he has to go at it alone because you know you're kind of taking the uh, the role of the consumer, if you will, and 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 you're just letting him burn out, and 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 uh, instead of going alongside and saying, hey, how can we help? How can we serve you? How can we serve the church? And and so on. It's not going to be an advantage to you. Uh, you will not be shepherded well uh, if 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 he's uh, if he's struggling in that way. I know a pastor uh, of a smaller church in Mississippi who called me one day exhausted and mm. burnt out in every sense of the word. And I asked him when his last day off was, and he had said it had been weeks. Mm. I asked him when his last one week vacation was, and he said it had been just over a year. And I asked him when his last sabbatical was. He said he never had one. Wow. And, you know, it's no surprise to me this brother was tired. Yeah. He was yeah. the only person on staff. He was doing everything himself. Uh, and he was the only person in the church that didn't have a break. Hmm. Pastors need breaks. Pastors Absolutely. need vacations. And like you said, churches will benefit from the rest they give their pastor. Uh, we actually have an article by Sam Rayner on our website that covers this exact topic, and I, and I recommend that that you that you read it. Uh, churches need to help their pastors avoid burnout by whatever means necessary. Uh, the goal of every pastor and every church should be longevity, to be to last, and to run the race with endurance. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, just in case, we have two more questions. Just in case we have any students listening to this episode, uh, I want to ask, what are some practices guys in college and seminary can learn to prevent burnout, not only in their studies, uh, but, but when they become church leaders? Hmm. Well, uh, for starters, it's good to know uh, what your particular 
uh, skill set is. You know, know what you are good at doing. Know what you're not good at doing, uh, and provide some some workable boundaries for yourself. You know, where you say, okay, these are some things that I can I can take on. These are some things that it's probably best for me not to take on, mm-hmm. and 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 so on. I'd say also. Uh, in terms of scheduling your time, scheduling your priorities, I hear this a lot. You know, where folks say, uh, "Be willing to sacrifice the good for for the best." Yeah. Um, there are a lot of good things that you can do, and please, I understand. You know, you're you're a seminary student, especially if you're uh, if you're sensing God's call to the pastorate. Uh, and to uh, the ministry of shepherding God's flock and feeding his flock through preaching. And you get into a seminary town, even like here at Southeastern, and, and well, you know, you got to go to the back of the line. Um, yeah. <laughs> there are plenty of other guys here that are able to preach. They, they've, they've gone through hermeneutics. They've gone through our exposition courses. They've, they've taken the uh, uh, New Testament, Old Testament, systematic, you know, and so on. And they're, they are chomping at the bit, you know, they're ready to roll, you know, yeah. and, and so you have a lot of folks that are, uh, that are, that are in that position. And what happens then when you're in that position is anybody that asks you if you are able to preach, you're going to say yes to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you have no idea when the next time it's just will an be. impulse. Exactly. Of sure. Of course I'll preach. I'll definitely preach. And, and that's fine. You know, for this stage, you, you get opportunities to, to preach, you get opportunities to learn uh, more about yourself and more about the, the great task of preaching. Um, but you also need to learn at this time to be able to say no to things. Yeah. Amen. Say no. Hmm. Uh, and believe me, I, I've got a nice big mirror <laughs> that I'm pointing to myself <laughs> right now because I am the worst at this. I, I am. I am I am the absolute worst at this. Uh, but uh, I'll say it then to you as a cautionary thing. Uh Learn to say no. Yeah. You know, learn to set boundaries for yourself. You trust in the Lord that he will give you another opportunity. Yeah. If you say no now, that doesn't mean that this is the last time that somebody's going to ask you to preach or someone's going to ask you to serve or or something like that. Trust that if the Lord has called you to ministry, he's going to give you opportunities to serve him and and so on. So, uh, So do that. Also, I would very much encourage you a couple of things. Uh, one, uh, both of these are really under the same the same banner, and that is talk. Yeah, you know, have open lines of communication where you can talk to people. And and here here's here are the, kind of the sub points. Have some brothers. Uh, if you're married, your wife, you know, uh, or or others, where you can confide in and and just say, hey, I'm I'm struggling right now. I'm tired. Hmm. You know, I am worn out and and I don't know how much more I can take I don't know how to stop myself I don't know how to how to take a break some or, accountability exactly to have accountability and and yeah have have some folks like that and then also if I'm reading the scriptures I see especially in the Psalms that weariness and uh, you know they may not use the term burnout but that's probably what they mean when they when they talk about weariness. Uh, that's common in ministry. You see it in the Psalms. You see it in the New Testament with Paul talking about his own weariness and him urging, say, the Galatians in Galatians 6 not to grow weary. Uh, he says that to the Thessalonians as well. Uh, but in the Psalms, when you have that, that sense of weariness, it's amazing 
that they go to God with their weariness. Hmm. Uh, Psalm 6, I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. He's talking to God about that. God, yeah. I'm so tired. I'm so worn out. I don't know if I can if I can do this anymore. You know, I'm I'm running through pillowcases <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> you know with my tears, you know, and, and everything. I just I I can't I can't take anymore. He goes to the Lord with that. Psalm 77. Asaph says, "In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted." And again, he's in a time of great distress. He's worn out. He doesn't know if he's going to take a, a you know if he can take a another step and so on and in both cases they go to the Lord and especially in Psalm 77 he takes time to rehearse the acts of the Lord what God had done in the exodus and and all of that and that refreshed him it was like adrenaline it was adrenaline for him yeah so create routines for yourself mm. even in this moment where you say if I'm if I feel you know weary if I'm feeling tired I'm going to go to the Lord with this and and I'm going to uh, feast you know on uh, the great acts that the Lord has done and just let him uh, let him attend uh, to my soul and recharge my body uh, and so on you know the scripture those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength yeah. you know they shall uh, mount up with wings as eagles they shall walk and not grow weary they shall run and not faint over in Isaiah 40 31 there's something about spending time in the presence of the Lord that that God recharges you with that so as uh, you know in these early stages of ministry, seminary, uh, 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 as, a, as a young student training for the ministry, uh, I, let me encourage you to take those times to retreat, to get out for you know an hour or so, be with the Lord, and, uh, and use those times both in accountability with other people and in solitude with the Lord. Let him recharge you, uh, and you will be very much blessed if you keep this pattern on into your ministry. I always tell my college advisees that, that managing their time well is one of the most important things they can learn to do in this mm-hmm. stage of their lives. Absolutely. If they, if they can't manage their time well now, how do they expect to do it while leading a church? And it's, mm-hmm. it's hard, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I understand that there's jobs, families, social lives, and, and areas of service, but but those things are always going to be there. So yeah. learn how to do it well now. And, and, and I absolutely agree with what you said earlier, brother, that it's okay to say no. You do not have to say yes to every opportunity that comes your way. Mm-hmm. You will have to say no sometimes, and, and that's okay. And that's something that I'm even learning myself mm-hmm. constantly. You yeah. have to think about what's best for your family, for your church, and for your own health. Last question, real quick response. Yeah. What are some books that pass, that you can recommend to pastors and future pastors on this topic of avoiding burnout or overcoming it? You know, you mentioned the Psalms. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Scriptures are, are, are the ideal place to go. What are some others? Yeah, yeah I know uh, uh, Christopher Ash has a book called Zeal Without Burnout, uh, which is actually a really, really good book. It's not a long book, uh, but uh, that that's a very helpful one uh, with dealing with uh, uh, you know, just how to safeguard your ministry to yeah. keep yourself from. This is like balancing zeal and and burnout, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, there was another book uh, on burnout, uh, and perhaps even a bit further dealing with depression. Uh, it was called Christians uh, Get Depressed Too: uh, Hope and Help for Depressed People by uh, by David Murray. Um, that's another. It's, it's not a long book, just a short book, uh, but just something to to help you navigate 
uh, what first off understanding you know what what that is, but then also uh, some helpful tips uh, both to avoid it uh, and to kind of understand you know the process uh, if you are if you're already you know too close to that threshold as well. Well, that about wraps it up. Thank you, brother, for your wisdom on this topic. We hope this conversation has been edifying to you. It is our mission to equip and encourage pastors to lead healthy disciple-making churches, to be a source of encouragement during these times when you may be experiencing some form of burnout. And I hope that we have done that today with this conversation. Yes, and as always, my brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.